Hey guys, welcome to episode number 31 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, today I have Sahara Rose on the podcast. She is amazing. I absolutely loved recording with her. I learned so much and she's just a great gal. I think you're going to love her too. Just to give you a little lowdown, she is an author, a speaker, a health coach, and a specialist in all things Ayurvedic medicine. Have you heard about that before? Because I didn't really know much about it until like a month ago when I listened to Sahara on somebody else's podcast, and it blew my mind. So Sahara is a pro, and she really explains this kind of medicine and practice in a very simple way. So it's easy for us to understand, and it's also easy for us to integrate some of these tips that she's going to give us into our own lives. So I really think today's episode is incredible. There's going to be a part one and a part two, so make sure at the end of this podcast to listen to part two to finish off the series. Thank you guys so much for listening, and now to the podcast. Hey, Sahara. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hi, Mimi. Good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I was just talking to Sahara before we started recording, and I actually found her through this other podcast I listened to called The Skinny Confidential, and I literally loved that podcast. I learned so much on Ayurvedic medicine, which is what Sahara practices and you know preaches, and she's written books on it, and she speaks about it all the time. So I had to have her on to tell you guys all about it. So Zahara, can we just start with your story? I feel like you have a really interesting story and you weren't always, you know, very healthy and, you know, you didn't really know about this medicine until later on in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for people who are like, first of all, what is Ayurveda that you're talking about? Well, Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system and it's the sister science of yoga. They They both come from the Vedas, which are the first ever recorded like texts in in the history of time. And the Vedas essentially were these guides that told you how to live your life for optimal well-being. So yoga was the spiritual practice. Ayurveda was the health practice. Um, They had something else called Vastu Shastra that is like the kind of where feng shui originates from. So it was all these different practices on like how to live your best life ever. And Ayurveda was the practice of health, but not just physical health, but mind-body balance. Um, So I did not start off learning about these things. As you mentioned, when I was a kid, I was really overweight. Um, My parents were both immigrants and um, I wanted to fit in with American culture. So I started to eat a lot of junk food. And as soon as I started to eat it, I became really addicted. So gained a lot of weight, got really bad allergies, which eventually turned into asthma, which eventually turned into me not being able to go outside anymore, having to quit all after school activities and um, really being in fear of my body, of nature, of all of the things that I now preach about. Um, So when I was about 12 years old, I really wanted to lose weight because I was self-conscious about how I looked. And I had read in Cosmo magazine, which is just the best source of information for all people, um, (laughs) that Jennifer Aniston does hot yoga. And that's how she gets her amazing Rachel from Friends body. So I was like, okay, I'm in. So I convinced my mom to drop me off at a hot yoga studio after school, which I don't want to tell anyone about because it's so embarrassing because I'm 
like 12 and I'm working out or so I thought. And for the first time, I felt connected to my body, not trying to run away from it, not trying to like run a mile under 10 minutes to pass the seventh grade, like just going inward. So started to practice yoga regularly. And that turned into me wanting to learn more about yoga. So I started to read books. Where does yoga come from? What are the sister sciences? Started to read books, people like Deepak Chopra and going down this new path. And um, when I was in college, I started to um, volunteer in India. I had been volunteering in all different countries, um, teaching like health and sanitation and, and different things. And at that point, I had become a raw vegan because I had seen websites and all these people on YouTube that were eating raw vegan food and they seemed so happy and healthy. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. If if junk food is the worst thing ever, then only eating raw food, salads, smoothies, nuts, seeds, that must be the healthiest thing ever. So I did that and I really did feel amazing, especially at the beginning. But after about eight months, my body really started to deteriorate. And I started to have really bad digestive issues. I was so cold all the time. My hair was falling out. I had really bad bags under my eyes. I didn't get my period for six months, a year, two years, no period at all. And basically my body in every way was was shredding down and I had no idea what was happening because I thought I was consuming the healthiest diet ever, raw vegan. Um, but turns out that was actually what was causing all of my problems. And I mean, I had gone to every doctor you could imagine, like gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, everything. I had really bad um, insomnia. I couldn't sleep at night. I was always wired. And also at this time in my life, like I wanted to become a human rights lawyer and I was going down that path. And I was realizing that I didn't want to work in this like desk job and just raise money for fundraisers. So I was going through a really confused period in my life and my body was reflecting that. But I did not know this at the time. So in India, I decided to try out an Ayurvedic doctor because I had heard about Ayurveda in my health coach studies. But again, I didn't really take it seriously. And um, the moment that I went to the Ayurvedic doctor, she saw me instantly and she's like, Beta, which means daughter. She's like, oh, you too pretty to never have baby. And I'm like, what? How does she know that I don't get my period? And basically my body at that Point had shut down, had gone into perimenopause, which is when your body's going to menopause when you're not supposed to. I was 21. So, um, so because of that, I was exhibiting all of the symptoms. Like my bones were always cracking and I was getting injured all the time. And my digestive system was, was, basically shut down because when your body is in this like fight or flight response, like a really bad stress response, you don't need your digestion to survive. You don't need to procreate. In fact, it would be a better idea for you not to procreate. So your body shuts all of these, all of these systems down until you're able to restore health internally and let your body know you're safe enough to live, let alone procreate. And then the systems turn back on. So I started to learn more about Ayurveda, but at the same time, I was hesitant because a lot of the suggestions were really old school, a lot of rice, a lot of ghee, which was clarified butter, and it was just Indian food. And I was like, I can't only eat rice, ghee, and Indian food for the rest of my life. Like I want, I like raw foods. I like salads. I like some of these foods make me feel good, but I know that I've probably overdone them. So I started to kind of mess around in the kitchen and use Ayurvedic practices and, and guidelines, but make it modern and plant-based. And I start to look at the science like, okay, well, how does 
what Ayurveda say pair with what science says about the uh, gut biome and how 95% of serotonin is stored in our gut. Okay, that makes sense with the mind-body connection. And how does it make sense that this person is paleo and they're doing really well and this person's a vegan and this person's a fruitarian and they all seem to be thriving. And then I started to learn about the differences of the doshas, the body type. So I started to kind of put these two worlds together and kind of downloaded the idea that I needed to write a book about this. So I wrote a book about it. And then long story short, then I got hired to write the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which became um, the best-selling Ayurveda book globally. And now my new book, Eat, Feel Fresh, which is my modern approach to Ayurveda with all plant-based recipes, just came out um, a week about a week ago at this time of we're recording this. And that has, I was really scared releasing that because I thought, well, what if people are like, you can't change traditional Ayurveda ghee forever. Um, but a lot of people have felt the same way. And I've been so like overwhelmed with the number of women who've had the exact same issues that I have had and doctors telling them, just get back on birth control or just take this IBS medication, take these antidepressants to help with your stomach. Like I've been told all of these things and so many other women have. I've had a doctor tell me to microwave ice cream and drink it to help me gain weight to get my period again. So, oh my God. Yeah, like we're going, and these are doctors, like these are people we're supposed to trust. So, I mean, it's all happening for a reason. And the reason is so we can dive deeper into learning about our own bodies and we can learn to trust ourselves. And that just takes first knowing, like knowing the ropes, knowing about the doshas, knowing about the seasons, all of these putting all these terms into our vocabulary, and then we can become our own best healers. So that is what I'm really seeking to teach people right now. Wow. So much to say right now. That is insane. Your story is crazier than I even thought. So I just want to go back really quickly. When you were in India, that Ayurvedic doctor, how did she look at you and know that you weren't getting your period? Like, is there obviously Ayurvedic medicine has some sort of like spirituality attached to it because it is like mind body kind of soul connection, right? But but how did she just look at you and know? Was there like, could she tell from like, you know, you know, like bags under your eyes or like this or like certain like symptoms that you didn't know or like, how did she come up with that? It's funny because at this point I could look at someone and know it's just, it's just when you practice and you learn these things and you start to see the symptoms and what they look like, it's this intuitive knowingness. But if I were to like say it in words, what I would see, um, a lot of, you know, like girls that they're almost like, some girls are naturally skinny and they look healthy and normal at that weight. And some girls, they get so skinny and you can tell that it's a little too skinny for what they're supposed to be like. Have you ever noticed that in someone? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like their, their faces look like caved in. And if you're naturally supposed to be that skinny, your face wouldn't look caved in. No one's face is supposed to look caved in. So, I mean, I see this a lot in LA, I'm sure in London, like these girls and a lot of us, we literally, we over-exercise, which is what I was doing. We under-eat. Mm -hmm. We're a I was so scared of like, like quinoa, let alone rice. Like I was like only, I can only eat raw foods because this is what I need. So a lot of it yeah. is um, society telling us like the healthiest foods ever that you can have are just like protein shakes and salads and basically live off that for the rest of your life. So you can tell what in Ayurveda, we have this word called ojas, which is essentially like glow, life force, health, vitality. And when someone has ojas, they have this like 
like sparkly look in their eyes and glowy pink dewy skin and you know like a child children naturally all have so much ojas like they they look so healthy and radiant and alive and they're not like doing anything special it's because they're just so pure and as we get older we we lose that naturally but also because of the chemicals in our in our products and the sky and our food and all of these things so we have to just take active measure to eat foods that are more sattvic. Sattvic means more pure and light and um, that will promote ojas. I know these are all like Sanskrit terms for like what, but basically if you eat real healthy, clean foods, but correct for your mind body type, which is your dosha, then you will naturally have ojas. If you're just eating for being as skinny as possible, then your body is, you know, some people, they may have really great bodies, but their faces look like super exhausted and tired all the time. And that's not something mm-hmm. that we should be going for. We should be, you know, beyond what we look for, we should be going after what we feel. And a lot of times also for the girls who don't get their periods, it is perfectionism. It is wanting to control everything in your life. Control Because why you become addicted to exercise or eating only a specific diet is because maybe you're lacking control in other areas of your life. So if you can control these things, it makes you feel like you're on top of everything. So in my life at that time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. My major was just like, I'm not going to study this anymore. So where, where the hell am I going? So I have that's too stressful to deal with. So let me just focus on how I can eat even cleaner because that's one thing I can check off and, and pretend I did good that day. So it's oftentimes when you're avoiding the bigger picture, you focus on these micro details. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I can relate. Listen, I've experimented with so many different diets in my life. I've done the raw vegan for a little bit. Um, I did vegan for a while. I'm now doing a mostly plant-based keto-ish diet, um, but just a ton of veg, like really healthy fats and just listening to my body. And it's the only diet, I don't even like saying the word diet that much, but it's the only way of eating that I have really seen results from, like in my mind, my mind clarity, my happiness levels, just to my body and my energy levels. So that's what works for me. Can you tell the listeners what you eat from like all of your research? What do you eat to feel your best? Because also really quickly, um, you just mentioned before that you saw fruitarians thriving, you saw paleo people thriving. Like, what's the difference? Are all of our bodies just super different? Or is there this way of eating that just works for everybody? Yeah. So I think that what is oftentimes dangerous in the social media world is we see these what I eat in a day from other people. And we're like, okay, if that person eats this in a day, then that must be the way to eat. And thing is like, none of us eat the same way every day. Like you may go through periods that you're eating one way, then another, you're going to eat differently in the summer than you are in the winter. If you're traveling versus if you're not traveling, how you're exercising, all of these things are going to make a difference. And that's what Ayurveda basically shows us. So if you are someone that has a lot of So there are three main mind-body types, and I think it's important to mention those because that's going to kind of give you sort of an insight on what the best foods are for you. So if you are someone who gets cold easily, you have dry skin, dry hair, you in the mind have air-like symptoms. So easily you get anxious, you have insomnia, you may be scattered doing a lot of things at once. In the body, you have air, so bloating, gas, constipation. Mm. So if you're exhibiting air-like symptoms, we call that vata, vata energy, air energy, then you need to eat foods that are 
warming and grounding. So you need the opposite quality of air. So raw foods would be the worst thing for you to have. You need sweet potato and roasted vegetables and legumes and more curries and soups and things that are blended, warm, soft, easy to digest because your body is so cold and dry physically, mentally, topically, all all surfaces would be qualities of air. So we're always trying to counterbalance. So that's what I was. I had an imbalance of vata, too much air. So I had all of those symptoms. And then I was eating foods that were high in vata, all raw foods. So that was catapulting me. And what happens later on, it could start with the bloating, gas, constipation, et cetera, but that can later manifest as your hormonal system drying up, literally. So amenorrhea, your mind not getting the nutrients that it needs. Like I would faint at the gym all the time. And that was because literally my brain was like, I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the nourishment. So, and then I was also living in Boston, which is really cold. So all of these things will create excess air, excess air, and eventually your body can shut down. And I mean, I've seen now so many women who don't get their period for years and years and years, and they just kind of assume and doctors tell us like, okay, well, if I ever need help getting pregnant, then I'll deal with it then. But your your child's health is only going to be as strong as yours was before you got pregnant. So it's not that you wait until you want to get pregnant and that's when you clean everything up. You have to address this years before you even want to have a baby. And even if you don't want to have a baby for your own, for your bone density, like a lot of girls, they're constantly injuring their bones because they're not having enough estrogen in their body. So all of this is related to air, vata. And this is what I see the most common, especially with like young health conscious girls. Okay. And the other two are, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pitta and Kapha, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tell me about those two. Um, Earth. Pitta's fire. Fire. Okay. 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 I think I'm a mix of a few of them. Okay. First, before we get into that, I have so much I want to ask you. It's crazy. Um, Could we just tell the listeners what Pitta and Kapha are and just a bit in, in more detail? Yes. So Pitta is fire. So you have fire energy in your mind, fire energy in your body. So what do you think fire energy in your mind is like? You are, you know, really motivated. You want to get shit done. You want to wake up and go, go, go. And you are angry easily. And, you know, you are passionate, I think. Right? Exactly. So that's a Pitta mind. Now, what do you think fire is like in the body? If I was like, oh, I feel like I, I feel fiery. I just ate something. What do you think that could be like? I know it seems sort of like vague. Warm and and or um, harsh, like spicy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Heartburn. Really? Okay. Like your heart yeah. is burning. If you ever have that warm, metallic, acidic feeling. Um just feeling agitated, you know, hot-headed, angry. If someone has too much heat in their body, they probably sweat a lot. They probably are in the mind. They like to get things done. They're very goal-oriented, so they probably like to go to really intense workout classes. Like for them, if they didn't like pretty much die, it like didn't count as a workout. So they have that almost so much heat and energy in their bodies that they need to constantly release it. But when it's not like released in the right way, then they can become angry and jealous, possessive, bossy, uh, irritable, etc. So they so have that. Like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like 
Hittas are the best entrepreneurs because they have this fiery energy, but at the same time, what they have to work on is like not everyone on your team is going to be as fast as you and as like hardworking as you. And that is like their big learning lesson to just trust and surrender more water. That's what they need. So in the body, hot all the time, acne, acne is heat. Your digestion is considered a fire. So when there's too much higher fire, the heat rises and it shows up as acne on your skin. Um, Rosacea, rashes, inflammation, irritations, allergies, all of these things. I have rosacea on my arms. I don't have acne, thankfully. My face skin is pretty good, but I've always been a little bit red as a person. Like my arms though have rosacea and I've I've never known how how to get rid of it at all. So you're a pitta and you have a pitta imbalance. So what the hell do I do? So what pittas need is to cool down. So they have excess fire. So they need like foods that are more cooling, like bitter foods, leafy greens, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, lots of green stuff. It can be raw. Pittas do a lot better with raw stuff than vatas do, but it doesn't need to be or shouldn't be 100% raw. You can do like 50-50. And also depending on the season in the summer, more raw foods in the winter or especially in London, more... um, more like steamed, cooked, roasted foods. Pittas tend to have a really strong appetite. Like for them, just like eating a little salad and some roasted vegetables will not be enough. So so you need to make sure you're getting like your protein and your fats, which if you're doing some sort of keto thing, you're obviously um, Mm -hmm. doing. Pittas have really fast metabolisms and digestive systems. They can move through food really quickly. But sometimes... um, I don't know if you do this, but they feel like they can get away with anything. So they eat foods that are like, they love spicy foods particularly because it increases their fire. So they'll eat like Indian curry and Thai takeout and Mexican food and all these spicy foods. And then they later on have digestive issues and they're like, oh, whatever, I'll get over it. Or they just ignore it. And then they, they do the same thing again. So sometimes them not having as sensitive of a digestive system still works against them because they eat foods that are not right for them. Whereas the Vata is like going to know from a mile away if it's going to cause digestive issues. So they tend to be like more obsessed about what they eat. See, I think I'm a mix. I'm pretty obsessed with what I eat because I'm like so obsessed with researching health. And it is, I like to say a healthy obsession, but you know, being obsessed with anything isn't 100% great. Um, So is it possible to be a mix? No, that would be a Pitta quality to be like mentally obsessed because you want to be healthy because Pitta's again, they're goal oriented. They want to like, they want to do things right. They want to do the research. They want to schedule things. They want, you know, for them, they're very methodical and they're organized. Whereas Vata's are more just like, I don't even want to eat because I want to like fly away. Like it's more of this, like they just don't want to feel grounded and heavy. So they, will go on like a juice cleanse or a water cleanse or, you know, just eat, you know, Mm. berries for like a week. They'll like do crazy things like that. Um, But it's not really based so much on research. And uh, it's more just like, I just want to be light and free. Whereas the Pitta's like, okay, my macros are like this. And like, they'll do all this research (laughs) and they'll be like, this is the best diet. And they'll like meal plan and a meal prep and um, go to the grocery store and know exactly what they're going to buy. It's like more of that type of energy. Okay, so I'm definitely a Pitta. What about Kapha? What are their qualities? So Kapha is earth energy. So if I was like, oh, that girl is so earthy, what do you think she's like? She is very, I I honestly think of earthy as like she's very in tune with herself. She's quite spiritual. She is down to earth, I guess you could say. She's quite genuine, um, motherly maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. 
totally. So th- those are all very kapha qualities. They're earthy. They tend to move a little bit slower. They are really kind, loving. They're the friends that everyone comes to when they have a problem. Um, I call it like Oprah energy or grandmother energy. Like Oprah, we just love her because she why she's so amazing is not because she goes on stage and gives like a killer speech. She's not Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is so pitta, right? He's like, mm-hmm. come on, we can do it. Pump it up. And like, it's so <laughs> everyone's on fire in there. Whereas Oprah will sit in a chair with you and just like ask you one question and let you come up with your own answer and really listen. And that is the superpower of the Kafa. They're empaths. They naturally can hold space for people. They are they will listen to you without trying to tell you what to do. The pitta is like, okay, this is the solution. Like, go do the solution. Duh. And uh, I have a lot of pitta too. So I like understand. Like if someone keeps coming to me with a problem, I'm like, I gave you the solution. Um, whereas Literally Kapha, me. <laughs> whereas the kapha is like, I get it. It's it's hard to make changes. And kaphas oftentimes for themselves also have difficulty making changes. They're very routine. Um, if you think about the earth, the earth is like slow. It's stuck. It, it moves like... Like, you know, the earth's axis tilts very slowly. So kaphas like to have the same friends for a long time. Maybe they'll be in the same relationship for a long time because for them to like go off into the unknown is really scary and takes a lot of work. And they'd rather just like, you know, because the thing is, they're not unhappy. They're like, I'm, I'm cool. Like, he's fine. Like, my friends are cool. Uh, my house is fine. Um, but oftentimes it's not the best. It's not the optimal but that takes work and getting out of your comfort zone. So that's what kaphas really need to learn how to do, to try new things, to stimulate their minds, their bodies, to get out of their routine, to literally shake off the excess earth. And in their bodies, we hold on to energy. So if you're holding on to energy from everyone you meet, all of your friends, well, you're actually going to get stuck with it. So they tend to gain weight very easily, especially in the hips, the thighs, the lower body, and also the arms, like holding space for people, which I know sounds like really like weird and, and a spiritual thing to say. But also if you think about it. If you're taking on other people's energy, you need to get energy back from something. So they tend to emotionally and binge eat. So they're the kind of people who, though they have, um, they have the slowest metabolisms naturally. So they tend to like not be hungry the whole day. Like all of my kapha clients would literally eat like one max two meals a day, but they would constantly keep gaining weight because that was slowing down their metabolism. And then those meals that they would eat, they would just basically eat everything because they hadn't eaten that day, um, which perpetuates the kapha. Whereas the pitta is like, I need three meals and two snacks, like, or I will bite your head off. And the vata is like, I don't really know. Like some days they may eat a lot. Some days they may not. It's just very up in the air. So kaphas, um, they tend to gain weight easily. Um, I call it yeah, the grandmother energy. They oftentimes put other people in front of themselves. They love, they have friends over, they'll cook for everyone and make them feel really at home. They love to make their house look really beautiful. They really care about those little touches. They'll remember your birthday. They'll remember small details. They'll make you laugh. Robin Williams is a good example of that too. He was, you know, making the whole world laugh, but we did not know what was going on inside um, because coffers often feel like if they voice out what is going on with them, then the world will collapse. So for them, again, it's expressing your truth. Kapha is often stuck in the throat chakra. So it's the ability to say what you need to say and not feel fear that other people are going to not love you anymore. And um, they tend to have throat chakra blockages. So phlegm, hypothyroidism, mucus, allergies. Um, So like when I was a really small kid and I was 
overweight and had allergies and all of those things, I was going through a cough imbalance. And then when I was a raw vegan, I was going through a vata imbalance. And then when I was writing my book, I went through a pitta imbalance. So you're not just one. You're not just stuck. Like that's, those are your only problems. You can, you can move and have imbalances of all three. You may even have all three going on at the same time right now. But you are born with a natural propensity to be more like one and then secondarily like a second one and thirdly like the last one. So you may have been born primarily pitta, secondarily vata, lastly kapha. But maybe you went through a horrible breakup and then that caused you to stay home more and then you ate more and then you gained weight and then you didn't want to leave home. And then suddenly you you became a kapha, even though you naturally were never like that before. So you have a kapha imbalance, but your natural dosha is a pitta. So we can have an imbalance of a dosha that is not our own. And what we would do is treat the dosha that is out of balance. You're always treating what is happening at the present moment. Wow. Okay. I totally understand this all so much better now. I think I'm mostly pitta, a little bit of kapha um, because I am because since I've dated, started dating my boyfriend, Ben, last year, we've been dating for a year. And I think I was very Pitta before him. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of made me more like feminine and, you know, just more down to earth. And I, you know, I want to stay home and get cozy with him. And like, I don't want to go, go, go all the time. So yeah, I, th- I think I'm mainly Pitta still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondarily, kapha. I don't relate that much to vata. But um, so, how do you fix these imbalances? Let's say one of the listeners has an imbalance. Yeah, and also if listeners are confused, I have a quiz on my website that they can take, and you can take it right now, and that will tell you what your dosha constitution is today. And I split the mind and the body, so you'll see what percentage of each you are in your mind, what percentage of each you are in your body, mm. and then take it another time as your lifelong characteristics. Like what are the things that have been since childhood, not just maybe the imbalance happening right now. And that's going to tell you what your prakriti is, your natural born constitution. So then you'll be able to see where the imbalance is. Like maybe you've always been, you know, really thin and then you got into bodybuilding and now you have all these pitta characteristics, but you're not naturally a pitta. So we um, have these two kind of doshic states, prakriti, natural born constitution, vikriti, current constitution. So take the quiz once as you've always been, second time as you are right now. And it's on my website. I am sahararose.com. Sweet. Yes. And okay, so what to do for each of them. So you want to counterbalance them um, in your mind and in your body. So with the vata, when we've mentioned more grounding foods, warming foods, things that will soothe your body, nourish your body, healthy fats. You don't want to skimp out on the on the fats. A lot of times vatas do that. Um And basically like staying away from just snacking any time in the day, like actually having meals is going to be really good. And it's going to help your digestive system know how to like break down food. Because if you're just kind of always eating, your body doesn't know when it's time to eat, when it's time to rest, when it's time to work. So giving your body that routine is very important for vatas. Have as much routine, structure, stability, support. Don't over-exercise. Don't overwork yourself. Focus on I just dropped my crystal that I was holding. <laughs> focus oh, on no. um, <laughs> focus on grounding. Like my crystal even wanted to hit the ground as I said that to really drive it oh, home. <laughs> so um, spending time in nature, especially walking barefoot, breathing, not doing a spin class or a cardio class. These are things that are going to 
make your vata more increased. Like, you know, I would go to these spin classes. They're like, lose your breath. And then I'm like, why is my dosha out of balance? And it's like, it's a lifestyle. It's not just your diet. It's a lifestyle. Then for pittas, if you're feeling really fiery in your mind, feisty, on edge, kind of impatient, you need to do more cooling, letting go, trusting, surrendering. Pittas have a really hard time of just like, oh, I'm just going to like take the afternoon off and like do nothing and write in my journal. So I have found that pittas do really well with like a guided meditation or um, a mantra-based meditation like transcendental or Vedic meditation because it kind of gives you something to do and that will help you focus because pittas need a goal, right? So if it's like, okay, this is the guided meditation. It's 15 minutes long. I'm going to sit here and listen to it. They're like, okay, I can do that. Whereas if it's like, oh, I'm going to like channel from the Akashic Records, that sounds like really out there. And then you're probably just not going to commit to it. So do something that has that sense of routine and structure. A mantra-based meditation is good because then you're repeating a mantra like, Ram, 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 or or whatever you want your mantra to be. Um, and then that's going to give you something to like focus on. So when your mind gets distracted with your to-do list and all the things you have to do, you're like, okay, this is not the time I need to focus on, on the task at hand. Um, and then spending time near water is very good for pittas, uh, swimming, doing yin yoga, just like a Pilates reformer, not over exerting yourself, not doing like the hit class and Barry's boot camp and kettleball. These things are going to deplete you because it's too much fire. Pittas tend to have adrenal fatigue issues because they overexert themselves, overwork themselves. So you need to help nourish, connect with water, cool down. And then in your diet, lots of leafy greens, vegetables, no spicy foods, no excess garlic and onion. These foods are rajasic, as we say. So they increase um, basically rage in your body. If you're on a yogic path, you're not supposed to eat any onions and garlic and spicy foods because that is how stimulating they are for the body. And it makes you less able to tap into subtle energies. So um, staying away from those types of foods, tomato sauce, um, nightshades in general, not good for pittas, more coconut, coconut oil, coconut water, coconut products. Um, and just like keeping food simple, that's going to be really good. Like not doing a million ingredients at once, just like really eating as simple as possible. Okay. So let's go Back to what do you eat? And are, are you a pitta right now? What, which one are you right now? Um, so, well, I'll just quickly say for kaffas. For those oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Too. I forgot about kaffas. Yeah. I just want to know about my pitta. I know. Kaffas <laughs> always get forgotten about it. So sad. Um, oh, no. So kaffas, okay, yeah. What should they eat to be balanced? So kaffas need more stimulating food. So spices are actually going to be really good for them. Not like sriracha spice, but cumin, ginger, um, turmeric, things that will stimulate the body and help get your blood essentially flowing, like doing like lemon and cayenne pepper. Um, in my book, Eat, Feel Fresh, I have a great recipe for something called CCFT, cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds. Having that every day in the morning would be really good, help you uh, lose fat also. Um, and then eating foods that are cooked would be better, like steamed vegetables with some like quinoa and like legumes. Um, in my book, I have all of the lunches as six taste bowls. So they're bowls that comprise of the six tastes of Ayurveda, which I'll um, talk about after because it's very related to what I eat. So for kaffas, they want to focus more on plants. They don't want to overdo the fats. Like a keto diet would not be good for kaffas. Kaffas may think, oh, well, it helps you lose weight. It's too much fats. It's too dense. And the quality of fats is like 
oily and cool. And that's what coffees already have too much of. So that's not going to be good for them. It's actually going to make them feel even heavier and gain more weight. So coffees need to do more stimulating, more spiced, more easy to digest. So doing things like, let's say you have a bowl and it has like roasted, um, Brussels sprouts and some kale and some quinoa and some black beans or lentils and like a light turmeric and tahini sauce. Something like that would be really, really good. Um, Kaffas don't want to overdo the sweet taste. So they don't want to do like too many sweet potatoes and things like that. They should do some. Everyone should be eating some naturally sweet foods, but they don't want to overdo it. And they should definitely stay away from dairy products because dairy products are cool, they're heavy, they're oily, and it's going to increase your kapha, create more phlegm, mucus, ama, toxins in your system. Um, So no dairy, no excess carbs like refined sugars and, and white breads. Like this is very, very important for kaffas. Kaffas often love comfort foods, um, but that's just going to make them feel heavier. And also there are the, all these like paleo breads and gluten-free flours. That still counts. I would I would literally go for vegetables, not for this almond flour paleo bread because yeah, it doesn't have wheat in it, but it has so many almonds in it that if you knew how many almonds were in that, you would be shocked. It would be like eating a bag of almonds at once, which is again, oily and dense and is going to increase kapha. So focus on light and stimulating. Great. This is so amazing. So let's go to you. What are you and what do you eat? Yeah. So I was born primarily pitta, secondarily vata, lastly kapha. Um, but they're pretty, they're pretty close in all three. You can tell what you are also by going to a very good Ayurvedic doctor and they can take your pulse and through your pulse, they'll be able to see. So, um, and then also in Vedic astrology from your chart, you can also see what your natural born dosha is, which is very interesting. So mm. you were essentially born, like destined to have these. And, and a lot of what my work is now is like how the dosha you were born with is de- is depending on your dharma, your your life purpose. So, you know, for example, you or me or other people who are born with a lot of pitta, we're meant to be leaders in some capacity. So we were born with this level of fire to help us with the leadership and entrepreneurship and getting things done. Um, whereas some people are born with a lot of vata and they're meant to be artists and creatives. And some people are born with a lot of kapha and they're meant to be like therapists and teachers and um, you know, people like in customer service, human resources, people who are really like attentive of people's needs. So we're all born with what we need to do like our work here on this planet, which is pretty cool. Now in terms of diet, so um, it depends on where I am and where I'm traveling to. I live in Los Angeles, so it's pretty warm throughout the year. So I still eat raw foods now. When I was going through my really bad vaunt imbalance, I didn't eat raw foods for like a good year. And then the second year I was only eating minimal amounts with cooked food. So I really had to avoid them. Now I can eat them again. So for example, in the morning, I always start my day with something hot. Um, It's very important for all three doshas to start your day with something warm because our digestion is like a fire. And when we wake up and we have like a green juice or something cold first thing in the morning, that's like pouring cold water over a fire. And then the fire is not going to be able to burn strongly throughout the day and your digestion will suffer, which will make your metabolism suffer, which will make your mind suffer. So I start my day with hot water. I love um, golden milk. So it's like a mixture. The company I use, it's called Gold 
golden glow, um, and you or you can make your own. And it's turmeric, ginger, black pepper, ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen, which adaptogen means that it's a very intelligent herb that adapts to your body's current state. So if you have excess stress, it will decrease your stress. If you're too lethargic, it will in, it will increase that. So it actually reacts differently if you have it in the morning versus at night. So it's something that you can't really go wrong with. Everyone can benefit from. So I have that with some hot water and, um, I don't do the store bought like almond milks and stuff like that because they always have some sort of chemical substance in there like carrageenan or even um, guar gum and these these all cause bloating. So I will just use coconut milk milk powder which is basically just a shredded coconut that's been like like pulsed. Um, and I just add that. So I have that, then I go, I exercise and then I come back and then I'll have, um, like a warming smoothie. So I'll do like blueberries, sweet potato, like a baked sweet potato that's now refrigerated. Um, what else? Spirulina. Um, I have the different smoothies in my book. They're called Surya smoothies, but they're ways to do smoothies that are not with frozen fruit. So I do like a surya smoothie and then a few hours later, like four hours later for lunch, I'll do what I call a six taste bowl, which is a bowl that has the six tastes of Ayurveda. Can you think of what the six tastes are? Spice, um, uh, some sort of green. So like a, a steamed kale or something, maybe fermented food, maybe like a sauerkraut. Um, some healthy fat like avocado. Um, I have no idea. I've never heard of this before. Tell me, am I am I wrong? <laughs> A little, but so you're, the the products you mentioned are definitely part of it, but it's more goes after taste. So, like one of the tastes is sweet. Um, another is sour, salty, and then bitter, savory. Um, no, they do bitter. And then pungent, which is sort of a weird word, but uh, I feel like they use that word more in the UK than they do here. But pungent, Pungent. yeah, pungent is essentially something that's like, um, has flavor. So spices are pungent, onion and garlic are pungent, turmeric is pungent, and then astringent. And the word astringent means to take in water. So all sorts of legumes, beans, lentils are all astringent, as well as things that make you pucker, like pomegranate and cranberry or unripe fruit, asparagus, these are also in the astringent category. So in Ayurveda, they say you should eat the six tastes every day because these tastes have all of the nutrients that you need. So instead of being like, okay, I need more fats and protein and carbs, if you focus on these six tastes, you'll naturally get all the nutrients you need. And also it will prevent cravings later on because a Mm. lot of the reason why we have cravings, especially we go on a diet that we like no carbs, no sweet potato, no fruits. And what happens is we start to daydream about all of the sweets because our body is basically calling out for something that is a healthy carb, but the most extreme form is like a chocolate cake or glass of wine or whatever that has like a lot of sugar in it. So that's why these extreme diets with like no carbs are not sustainable because your body actually needs a source of healthy carbs for fuel. I remember when I was a raw vegan, I would literally spend Friday night on Pinterest and just look up like food porn. And I would just be like, yeah, brownies. Wow. Imagine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, like even vegetables, like people say to me, how do you eat no carbs if you're doing keto? I'm like, no, I eat a ton of carbs. 
but they're healthy carbs. Like if I'm craving sweet potato, I'll eat sweet potato. Like I'm pretty much adapted to, to being keto. So like I can do that. If I crave, you know, berries, I'll have berries, but I am curious to know why you don't suggest eating fruit in your morning smoothie. No, I do eat fruit. I just don't do frozen fruit. Oh, you don't do frozen, frozen fruit. fruit. Okay, I'll do room temperature fruit. Got it. So what's what's wrong with frozen? So anything that's frozen is going to be like ice on that fire. So if your digestion is like mm. a fire, having frozen fruit is going to deplete that fire. It's like if you went camping and there was a campfire and you went to sleep at night and you weren't feeding the fire, like we're not feeding our fire when we're asleep. And then you wake up and you pour ice on that fire, the fire is going to be depleted. So that's why people have bloating and digestive issues the whole day because the first thing they had in the morning was something cold or ice. They have iced coffee, iced tea, iced smoothie, green juice. So I always start my day with something warm and even the smoothie I do will be refrigerated fruits. And I also Mm. add vegetables in there like uh, zucchini and cauliflower too. Okay. Got it. Um, Question. For the warm drink in the morning, am I allowed to have my organic coffee blended with MCT oil and coconut oil? I know this is so annoying. I'm so sorry, you guys, but (laughs) I had to cut the episode. It was getting too long. So go to part two to listen to Sahara's answer to my question. Little hen, it's a bit heartbreaking, but go listen to the rest of the episode at part two because we talk about so much, especially my own health struggles that I open up with and Sahara gives me some tips. So definitely worth a listen. So go check it out.